Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. So, Holly, yes. I told you I've had a lot of freaky stuff happen to me. You have told me a lot of freaky stories. And I thought it might be a good time to tell some of those personal stories of haunted houses. Okay, let's do this. So, I don't know if I've told you this one, this one but the first two stories I'm going to talk about are when I was growing up in Colorado. Oh, I've never been to Colorado, but I've seen pictures and it looks beautiful. And it's a scary place. Lots Is of it? ghosts. Lots of ghosts there. <laughs> Sweet. So my best friend's family owned this beautiful historic old home in downtown Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. And she would often invite me over for sleepovers, you know, as children do. And she would comment that she thought her house was haunted by ghosts. Oh. So as a kid, you know, I thought that was super cool. Yeah. But most of the time, I never saw or felt anything strange in the home. Yeah. Well, except for her brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all brothers are strange to that teach. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but we would have a habit of taking sleeping bags and sliding down the long staircases between floors to pass the time. That is awesome. I would do that so today if I had the opportunity. Where's her house again? <laughs> What's the address? But one night, too, uh, we well, we would also play lots of games of hide and seek because, you know, that's the best game to play when your house is so big. But one night after playing with the sleeping bags sliding down the stairs, we actually got in big time trouble. We were told to put everything away and go immediately to bed because, well, I guess we were just too loud and we were getting on our parents' nerves with our noise. But in the morning, we woke up and my friend asked me if I heard strange noises throughout the night because she got really scared and couldn't sleep. I told her, no, I slept great. <laughs> Isn't that a great comeback when somebody's like terrified? You're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I laid slept awake perfectly all night, great. freaked out, and you slept like a baby. <laughs> but one thing that I did notice was that her closet door was open when I could have sworn it was closed when we went to bed. Huh. So without further commenting about, you know, the strange noises she heard at night, we got up and we were excited to get some breakfast. And so we ran downstairs. But when we were heading down the stairs, we saw two sleeping bags unrolled and lying in a heap at the bottom of the staircase. Huh. Did you leave them there the night before and kind of nope. forgot about them? Nope, because we were told to put them away. Okay. So we both looked at each other with big eyes and we were thinking, holy hell, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> How did that get there when we both knew the sleeping bags had been rolled up and put away in Zoinks. her closet? <laughs> yeah. So it made me think about the open door to the closet. And then I just knew someone had come into the room and taken them. I had goosebumps everywhere and was just really unnerved the whole rest of the morning. But I did come back to her house because, you know, it was really fun playing hide and go seek. And there was one time when my friend decided to go up into the attic space, which was pretty clear and oftentimes was a great area to play because her family didn't use it for any storage. I didn't know at the time that there was a hidden door up there for an additional crawl space. And that is exactly where my friend was hiding. I first had searched several of the other floors. And though I heard giggling and running footsteps on the floor below the attic, when I would run up there, 
Of course, my friend was not there. So after a while of even searching the attic, I had given up and I yelled for my friend to come out. I was actually very weary of searching. Finally, she opened the crawl space door, she said, and she came downstairs to find me. And she was covered in blood? (laughs) No, but she could have been because I was so bad at her. I told her, hey, you aren't playing fairly. You cheated and you kept changing your hiding place. Anyway, I told her, you definitely were because I could hear you running around and laughing. And she told me that she had stayed hidden in that same place the whole time. And she thought it was me that was running through the hall downstairs and giggling. I told her, nope, I was trying to be quiet so I could sneak up and catch her. So we were arguing, arguing, and then we both thought, okay, this is just really strange because nobody else was home at the time. Oh, that's creepy. So my own home that I grew up in was a typical ranch-style home built in the early 60s. And I'm pretty sure it only had like one owner before my family. I never felt strange in that home or saw anything weird, but I also did tend to have nightmares. Oh, yeah. So, but it could be because I was watching Fantasy Island Yeah, probably. Yeah. The plane, the Tattoo. plane. <laughs> <laughs> the nightmares were so often that my family just thought I had an overactive imagination. And they didn't say much when I would tell them about my dreams. One particular night, I was woken up because I had a nightmare. And I was about 10 years old at the time. And when I went to go find my parents, I thought, wow, this house is just way too cold. So I made my way down the hall. I paused to look in on my parents who were asleep in the room next to mine. And I noticed the drapes were partway open. I could see the moonlight shining down on them. And I just smiled to myself thinking how peaceful they looked. The thermostat was only a few steps farther down the hall, and I was determined to turn up the heat, yes, to 75 degrees. I was that cold. (laughs) Wow. You know what they say when it gets cold? There's a ghost around. Yeah, there's a ghost. There's a total ghost. And it was was that cold uh, where you talk or you breathe and you can see the like the 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 breath breath. in the air so I turned back around after you know cranking the thermostat and I was heading back into my room down the hall but I could not avoid seeing the long mirror that hung at the end of the hall on the wall beside my room mirrors and coldness not a good recipe you're asking for it so I glanced at it and then I gasped because I couldn't see myself and at the same time a rush of freezing cold air pushed me all the way back the entire length of the hall. Now I was completely terrified, and I wanted to get up off the floor as fast as I could and run into my parents' room to wake them up. But to my surprise, I was actually laying in the basement in our recreation room and nowhere near the hall. Oh, my God. That's crazy. You, like, got transported or something? It was was the most bizarre thing. I had never run so fast in my life up those basement stairs. Oh, I bet. And my mind the whole time was telling me, okay, you must have just been dreaming. It was just a nightmare. You were sleepwalking. Nothing you saw, you know, really happened. You You were sleeping the whole time. But when I got to my parents' room... It was exactly the way I had dreamed it. Oh, that's giving me the chills. Yes, the curtains were partly opened. The moon was shining down and they both were curled up in the same position. That's creepy as hell. You know, and I remembered thinking, I can't go past that room and look in the mirror again. It's all going to be repeated again and again, like Groundhog's Day, only a bad Groundhog's Day. Right. No Bill Murray in this one. No. So I went in their room and woke them up and they were mad at me and made me sleep in a chair. (laughs) Well, that's also kind of creepy. We want to put you in that corner over there. 
in a chair. They always did to that. To punish you. <laughs> this is why I have issues. Was, was there duct tape? Like, did they duct tape you to the chair? No. I was very obedient in some ways. <laughs> I was like, I will do anything. Just don't make me go back in my room. They're like, okay. I will sleep chair. on the floor with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so my other two experiences were out here in Oregon. Okay. The first was in a condo I owned out in the suburbs. Many of my neighbors had already told me of their paranormal experiences. Oh, so it was a common thing in your complex. It was. Some said the condos were built on old burial or hunting grounds. And they they were dealing with a bunch of, you know, crazy stuff like electrical problems, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So the majority of complaints were light bulbs going out, people feeling like they were being watched in their home. Of course, that could just be the other neighbors (laughs) (laughs) with binoculars. (laughs) So anyway, going on over there. My daughter at the time, she was young, and my parents gave her a sleep and snore Ernie doll. You know, that was during the time when Tickle Me Elmo was popular. But no, they didn't get her Tickle Me Elmo. They got her sleep and snore Ernie doll. Of course, they did. Another fault of my parents. (laughs) Another thing to blame them for. (laughs) But anyway, so she would keep it. In the top of her closet at night because she had other favorite toys she liked better on her bed. Every night at 3 a.m., the doll would wake her up saying, I feel great. I feel great. She would run into my room and tell me, but of course, I didn't hear it. And it wouldn't say anything when I was shaking it or trying to see if it had a short. So I just told her after a while, look, we'll just take the batteries out. That'll stop the doll from saying anything. I'm sure you were just dreaming. (laughs) After all, that's what my parents told me. (laughs) But the first night we did do that, we, we took the batteries out of the doll. I slept with our doors open and this was just done on accident. But what what do you know? I heard the doll exactly at 3 a.m. Oh, no, 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 no. I that doll feel great. I feel out of great. My house Without so further comment, that doll went to Goodwill the next day. It's not That's wonderful right, how dude. many haunted toys are probably oh given God. away to Goodwill. No way. Dolls are creepy as fuck. Yes. The other experience I had was with my neighbor friend who also lived in the condos. She had us over one night for dinner and games. And she had a daughter who was friends with my daughter. So it was common for all of us to get together and play games. And we had just finished a particular rambunctious game. And we all had an emotional reaction to the winner yelling, hooray or wow. When my friend's stereo system turned on and the volume rose to an excruciating loud sound, the light bulbs flickered and one actually burst over the table in the kitchen while we were playing the game. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. My daughter immediately went into warrior mode, started commanding the spirits to leave. (laughs) She said, look, we're safe. We're protected. Nothing's going to harm us. My mouth was like hanging open because witnessing my daughter, who was only like 10 at the time, (laughs) act like Van Helsing was the creepiest thing ever. I could, you know, I know her as an adult and I could totally see her being the badass. No, she's a badass. Ben Elzig out there yes. with the, her bow and her arrow. I can totally see her doing yeah, that. Yeah, she kicks, she kicks ghosts, vampires' asses. She does. You know, well, she slept with a sleep and snore Ernie doll. After that. A haunted one. Right. Yeah. After so that, she's she can fearless, handle anything. She's a fearless warrior and a beautiful princess. So, <laughs> thank you, Holly. That was my story. Wow. You've had some crazy stuff happen. Well, that's not the sure. half of it. I know. Okay, 
had you? You've had an interesting life. Well, so my story isn't necessarily a scary story. It's just kind of a weird story. And That's because, okay. Weird is good. Portland's yeah, weird. We have like a big umbrella of stories here at Fireside Phantoms. So my actually took place in my hometown, um, but it didn't happen. That is scary. <laughs> <laughs> no. It didn't happen until after I had moved out of my hometown, but it's still in the Portland area. It's a suburb of Portland. It's out in the country. It's called this little town called Damascus. <gasps> you know, go Damascus. I think I know what you're going to talk mm, about. Yeah. That is the right story. So there's a house out there. It's called Oculus Anubis. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not you entirely are. sure. You are. But um, it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's definitely weird. It's a pretty weird place. I took you there, didn't I? You did. I did, yeah. I don't remember what year it was. I want to say 2007. And my sister's good friend um, who lives out in this neighborhood had asked me to babysit her kids while her and her husband were going to be out of town for a couple of days. So it's always babysitting. It's always it's always those damn kids. That's if it wasn't no, for those damn kids, I would have gotten away it's with the it. Babysitter. <laughs> oh, it's not the kids. Oh, I thought it was the kids. Go ahead. Tell I'm your not story. really into kids, so that probably explains things. So the first time I went down to her house. I passed it. They're out like on a country road and there's, it's like in a neighborhood, but their houses are not right next to each other. They all have a little bit of acreage around them. Maybe an acre, but large size lots. So I passed her house and I just went down to the bottom of her, her street to turn around in the cul-de-sac. And that was my first time I experienced Oculus Anubis. So Oculus Anubis is this house and it's deeply entrenched in the woods of Damascus and you can't see it from the road. I've never seen the house myself. And it is off of this cul-de-sac. That's the driveway shoots right off of the cul-de-sac. There's two lion statues out front. There are two pyramid statues at the front of the cul-de-sac that breathe fire. There is an arch that goes over the driveway with a camera, cameras mounted everywhere to watch everyone who comes into the cul-de-sac. And all you can see when you look through the archway of the driveway, down the driveway, into the woods, and it turns off to the right, at the bend in the driveway is a ginormous statue of a dog, an Egyptian oh, dog. Oh, it's the god Anubis. I think that's what it is, the god Anubis statue. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't even know how many feet high. It's it's 50 feet high. I mean, it's ginormous. I've seen it. You've it's, seen it. It, it, I've it, it screams, hello, we're a satanic cult. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's why they um, get a lot of attention. I went down there and I'm like, what the fuck is this like right. this is crazy and so I went back to my sister's friend's house and I said to her because she's like literally two doors up the street and I said to her what the hell is that going on in your cul-de-sac she goes um don't even get me started that is the craziest fucking family I mean I can't even tell you and then she regaled me with a whole bunch of weird stories about this family that lives down in the woods down there. Okay, tell me about the family. Well, I don't know. Well, okay, so at the time, all I knew is what she had told me. He is a doctor, and she said he's really... You're right. That is creepy. It's so creepy. But, you know, he could have done, you know, evil experiments and stuff like that. But anyway... He um, was abusive to his wife. She said she that the school district had gone to toe-to-toe with this family about the fact that they have these giant pyramids in the cul-de-sac that shoot fire, and they need the cul-de-sac in order for their school bus to turn around. They had a attorney go down and talk to him, 
to the family and he came back and he said, we're going to leave the pyramids right where they are. And they're like, no, we need that for fire trucks and school buses. He's like, we're not going to screw with this family. You're just going to leave it alone. Okay. Well, I, when I went, I noticed in one of those pyramids, there's a camera. There are cameras everywhere. And I can't tell you how many stories I have of people who told me, oh, I've been to that house. And I went there, we were taking pictures because the whole setup is so screams cult of some kind, like seriously scary, weird. And we went and we took pictures and all of a sudden these people showed up from that driveway saying, we're security. What can we do for you? You can't stay here. I actually, I know someone else who told me that um, when she was in high school, the dare was to go to that house, run down the driveway, tap the statue with your hand and run back before you get caught because that was something that they would do in high school apparently. So most of the high schools in this area know about this house. And the whole thing is super creepy. But ultimately, the story behind it isn't as creepy, but it is definitely fucked up. Mm -hmm. So the family that lived there was the Neals. And the father was a dog eye doctor, and his name was Dean Neal, and he ran an eye doctor business in Gresham. And he made that much money? Well, he he actually didn't make the money. He extorted it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> from, that makes sense. From health insurance companies. He actually has passed away now. He had a stroke when he was 80 um, in May of 2015. But he had gotten his son involved in his business, and they were doing a lot of unnecessary treatments on their patients in order to bill the insurance companies and then overbilling their patients millions of dollars out of the health insurance companies to pay for this ginormous house they were building down there in the woods. You need LASIK. You need LASIK. Yeah, you need LASIK. Everyone needs LASIK. We got to pay for our house. They ran the 2020 Eye Care in Gresham. Um, they did all sorts of illegal activity. And when other, um, eye doctors would call them on it, they would be like, you know, you're out of here. We're not, you're not going to sniff around our stuff. So they had a really kind of tumultuous reputation in town. They used a lot of the money that they got from the health insurance companies to put into their nonprofit Oculus organization. They called it a religious organization. Of course they could avoid the taxes. And so that's why the house is called Oculus Anubis because Mm -hmm. it was based off of their nonprofit their nonprofit business they could use to extort all this money into. Dad died in 2015. The son had to stand trial for all the things that happened at this eye clinic. And he thanks, had to, Dad. Yeah, thanks, Dad. And he had to agree to pay $2.5 million in restitution. The entire court agreed that this really wasn't necessarily the father, or the father was the mastermind here, but the kid was sort of the one that was going to take the fall for this. But the house that they were building was a 35,000 square foot house. Holy it had cow. a heli- helipad, a tennis pavilion. It was going to be, li- be linked through a heated tunnel to the son's house that was 75 yards away. But the house was never finished because he passed away. Um, but the Oregonian goes into a little bit deeper story about this guy. When he passed, they put a glowing obituary about him into the paper. Did However, it actually glow? <laughs> it actually did. <laughs> But um, but really what cool. was going on um, was that he actually was very abusive to his wife. They believed the son was actually mildly disabled. Um, he was obsessed by oh. his image and he was driven by his enormous ego. He said that when um, – the son said that when he was a kid – 
that he had been raped as a child by an acquaintance. And when he told his father about it, his father did not want to report the abuse because um, he told them it would be bad for his image. He said, just buck up. You'll be fine. So Buck up, little camper. Mm-hmm. So to deal with the trauma of this, the younger Neil, he went ahead and started biting the backs of his hands. And I think they actually had photos of his hands as a child at the trial to show what kind of trauma that inflicted on him. He also, the older doctor, uh, the father, would also get drunk when uh, the kid was still about 13. He would get drunk. He would stumble into his son's bedroom and demand that his son go to his mother and tell her it was her duty to have sex with her husband. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. And he was very unstable. He abused alcohol. She filed for divorce, but they actually remained married. He was just a super abusive person. And that's why he went about like extorting all this money. But the thing about this this place is that um, now I'm pretty sure it's been abandoned, which I would love to sneak onto the property and go down there and see it. Let's do it. We got to get you arrested anyway. I know. I know. I need to make it into the cemetery at Walla Walla. That's right. The gate is closed. It has a chain wrapped around it. One of the lion statues is missing. And there's kind of moss growing on everything. So it looks like it's not being kept up anymore. Of course, they did lose a whole bunch of money to restitution. So perhaps they had to foreclose a property. I'm not exactly sure, but it is a really weird story. And everyone up here in Portland, well, on the east side, on the deep east side of Portland, like Damascus territory, they all know about this place. And everyone's been there and it's had so much traffic to it. And in fact, they made a YouTube documentary about it. There's websites about it. I mean, it's kind of a very well-known established home just for its sheer creepy factor. So I don't know if you know this, Holly, has anyone ever been able to sneak onto the property? Well, my my sister's friend's son would sneak onto their property all the time. And he said there was tons of those big statues on the property. He would crawl and play on them. And he didn't he get caught. Kid. No, he didn't get caught. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a, it's a weird, it's weird. It's really weird. I love that story, though. And I remember being so creeped out when I went out there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I was thinking, no, it can't be that. It er- can't be really that big of a deal. But everyone that goes out there is like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. Because everything about it is creepy. Everything. <laughs> and the stories and the rumors and the reputation that this family has. It wasn't really his family. I shouldn't say that. It was the doctor himself. That he had a notorious reputation for being an evil human being. So if you take that and you marry it with a creepy property, it makes for a creepy story. It does. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. It makes You're me welcome. feel really bad for his son. I do. I He did go to prison for, I think, a year or two because, um, you know, it was big time felonies. So he had to go for more than a year. But I don't think he's necessarily an evil guy. I think he was just a puppet at the hands of his dad and he had to do what he had to do. So that's what happened. But um, yeah, I would love to be able to go. And if you go into Google Maps and you try to see the property from the satellite, you can't see they it. They blacked it out. Well, it's covered by trees. You really can't tell oh, what's so down Oh, so it's not there. Google doing it. I don't think it's Google doing it, no. I think it's just you just can't tell what's out there. But it's very clearly a big property and you can't really see what's going on. So it's shrouded in mystery. And that's what gives it the allure that it has and the reputation that it has. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. Oculus Anubis is this house that you actually cannot see from the road. I've actually never seen the house. I'm not sure. Shit. 
fucking A, actually and basically. Okay. <laughs> now, now that you've said that, Josh, this is all your fault. Because now that you've said it's that, curse me. I can't. It's I can't just. Curse. So Oculus Anubis is a house that is in my hometown, and you can't see it from the road. I've act. I've never seen the house. <laughs> I can't fucking do this. God, why did you have to say that? I can't. You can't actually. You can't. I'm gonna say it. Because I have to say it. I have That's to fine. say it. Holly, well, that actually, that, that, that Holly, it makes there. sense. Yeah. Thank it you. makes sense. And we're just teasing you. Yeah. Don't yeah. even no, worry you know about what? it. Okay, just start all over from the house. <laughs> okay. Start all over. I'm not even going to look at you. Don't even, don't you dare look at me. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.